Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, Jenny and I are joined once again by Jenny's son, Noah, and the three of us are going to have what will be no doubt a very interesting conversation. Um, Jenny's going to take it from there because I'm kind of in the dark at the (laughs) moment, Jenny. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I'm so delighted that you are tuning in today, or maybe it's tonight. (laughs) We don't know, but you're right, Tina. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. And um, Noah, you didn't even have any idea you'd be part of the conversation. That's true. I just kind of arrived last minute. <laughs> Always happy to sit in front of a microphone. We're delighted to have you. We, we do have other children besides Noah as well. <laughs> That's true. They're That's busy. True. He, he was the nearest one to us at the moment. I was. <laughs> just, we just grabbed a random We just child. grabbed any, grab <laughs> yeah. a kid and get him in here. Fodder for the <laughs> podcast. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, you guys, the root of many misconceptions about homeschooling is simply a lack of information about homeschooling. That's true. Dun, dun, dun. So that's going to be the theme of this podcast. What have you heard about homeschooling? Here we go. Myth number one, homeschooled teens Miss out on the high school experience. Do, do, do. Noah, why don't you indulge us with this one? I would be happy to. Yeah, so it looks like today we're going to be talking all about misconceptions and myths surrounding homeschooling. And of course, there are many. And if you're tuning in, maybe you're a homeschooler yourself. Maybe you know somebody, a friend. Oh, yeah, our cousin does homeschooling, something like that. You've probably, and even as homeschoolers, we can fall into this line of thinking where we adapt the the mold of society that are the misconceptions of homeschooling. And this is, of course, one of them. Homeschoolers miss out on the high school experience. Well, first and foremost, what is meant by the high school experience? <laughs> I'm sure it has something to do with this, you know, romantic vision of, of grandeur high schoolers, you know, hanging out with their friends and participating in parties and having a great social life and having different opportunities. Well, I'm here to tell you that all of that and more is possible when you're a homeschooler. And of course, more of those opportunities are possible when you're a homeschooler because you have more time. You have time (laughs) freedom and you have location freedom as well because you're not tied to an institution for eight plus hours a day. I personally, when I was a a high schooler in my homeschooling days, I had lots of opportunities. I had a lot of friends. Many of them happened to be homeschoolers simply because we were participated in a lot of groups. We were, you know, very involved in our church community. There was a lot of homeschoolers there, but also I did community theater and some other, you know, cool groups and things like that. And I would hang out with people who were not homeschooled, but I had a lot of great opportunities. So I just think that one's not true. You know, you're homeschooled. You have time freedom and location freedom. So you don't, you don't feel scarred? Not at all. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trade my homeschooling years for the world. You know, uh, the whole question reminds me of a skit that um, I did with a bunch of other moms, gosh, my goodness, more than 10 years ago in a homeschool group that we were in. And it was basically the 12 days of homeschool. 
14 Days of Homeschool, <laughs> something like that. It's still out on YouTube. I can't I saw believe it. it. That but, was many years ago. Right? Yeah, well, it's like 2008, I think. I think I and it. so you're singing this song, you know, all the different things. Can you homeschool legally? What about socialization? All right. these different things. And I'll never forget uh, the woman who had the thing about, you know, what are you missing out in school or something? Because basically she was wearing this big trench coat and, you know, one side of it was, oh, you're missing out on all the drugs. You're missing out on all the sex and rock and roll and all these different (laughs) things. And it's like, okay, if homeschoolers miss out on anything, and I'm a former public high school teacher, so I know that environment, even as an adult, besides my own kid years, if you're missing out on anything, it's nothing worth missing. I mean, because... All the kids who get sucked into all that stuff that isn't good and healthy, the you know, the grass is not always greener. No. You don't have to get sucked into those things that could literally suck your whole entire life away or decades of your life that you have to recover from. And it's not that homeschooled kids are perfect, but if you're not exposed to the garbage eight hours a day, you're much less likely to get sucked in, sucked into it. So, you know, if they miss anything, it's only the bad stuff. (laughs) That is such a great perspective and way of looking at it. Mom, what are your thoughts on that one? My thing is the high school experience was horrid. (laughs) It was horrible. I mean, I know there were some good things, but you know what? It's really what you make of it. And honestly, the same parents who would be concerned about that are equally as concerned that their kids are going to end up being damaged by that same high school experience. So, and there are so many opportunities. I mean, oh my goodness, so many. my so goodness. Many. All you, if you have an idea as a homeschool teen or you're a parent and you're afraid about your kids not having X, Y, or Z opportunity, yeah. find it or create Absolutely. it. That's the thing. It's the time thing, right? Even parents, we have the time theoretically to help our kids create those experiences and, yes. and just connect wherever they're wired. Yes. Yes. Well, myth number two. This is something that I hear often, and I'm sure homeschoolers themselves hear this often. Homeschoolers are stuck in their house all (laughs) day long, trapped. When my girls were little, my uh, some of my relatives were skeptical. Now, they ended up supporting us all the way through and wonderful people. But one of my relatives said, you know, how will the kids ever interact with others, all that socialization? And I printed out the activity list for the local homeschool group. And it was like three pages long. And I said, if we did even a fraction of this, we would never, ever, ever be home. Right. Uh, That's just so ridiculous. I mean, reflecting on my own personal experience, uh, I was homeschooled. But mom, wouldn't you say that our family, you know, my sister, myself, we we are social people. We were probably... You know, the world was our schoolhouse, so to speak. Mm -hmm. We literally were outside of our house learning within the world, contributing to society, gaining real life experiences more so than the time we spent when we were at home. I mean, we would do field trips, you know, everywhere. We would spend time with other homeschoolers. We would do all sorts of things. And we were learning, you know, the things they don't teach you in school. We would be exhausted. We would. Coming home. I mean, we're social people to begin with. So Mm -hmm. I would even dare to say that we had to reel it in sometimes. So much so that, of course, I graduated high school two years ago. My sister graduated high school. And by high school, I mean homeschool. She graduated this year. And then, of course, you know, my mom is no longer educating her children. You know, my mom, my sister and I were just talking the other day about how, you know, our homeschooling journeys come to an end. But 
you know, we're so excited for like all the free time because we were actually more busy <laughs> so being true. homeschooled. Yeah. Oh my very gosh. true. So very true. true. Yeah. So I think that definitely is a myth that needs to be debunked. I, now, I do know some homeschool families that by nature, the, they prefer to be home more. And that's okay, too. Yeah, yes. absolutely. You know, I yes. just think some of those parents have said to me that they've realized maybe in hindsight that they should have been a little bit more intentional about helping their kids to have some outside experiences. But all that takes is intentionality. If you realize we're a little unbalanced. That's right. right. So it's... It, you do have to make sure your kids get social experiences, but it's not hard. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. So true. Well, this next one that we, we are going to debunk. Now, this one, I've heard this stated so many different times. Homeschooling parents are stay-at-home moms who don't work. Not true. You not guys, true. let's debunk this. <laughs> well, first of all, being a mom is work. <laughs> That's right. Amen. So there's that. You know, being a teacher, whether you're a homeschool mom or a classroom teacher is work. Mm -hmm. And why is it somehow okay to teach other people's kids, but weird to teach your own? I don't get that yeah, one. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just as an individual thing. I mean, I actually did in-home childcare for other people's kids for 10 mm. years of my daughter's lives. And yeah. so because that was something that we needed to do to supplement our income and, and that was a great way to do it because I could meld those little ones into our family life and my daughters could pretend they had more siblings, which they wanted anyway. So, Aww. so that was great, but I managed that as well as home education. And I know lots of entrepreneurial parents, moms and dads. I have a really good friend who was the dad who was the primary educator and his wife brought home the bacon. So. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad that you, you said that the dad, because no, one of Noah's good buddies growing up, the dad did a lot of the homeschooling, didn't he? That's exactly right. I had two friends who I really hung out with a lot growing up in my middle school and high school years. And the mom worked full time from home. She was a Japanese translator, so she would work with corporations. She was an American, but she was so fluent in Japanese. Hmm. And it's just fascinating yeah. work, writing up all these contracts and yeah. business stuff in Japanese. Anyways, the father was the stay-at-home homeschool dad. And although the, the mother was also present, you know, she was heads down in her work all day. And he directed, you know, all of the homeschool family affairs. And he would take his boys on trips and, and so on and so forth. So... You know, it, it's really like, and that's the key homeschoolers who are listening. We live in a world where there are influencers telling us what we should do. And yeah. if they're not telling us what we should do, we just assume it's what we should do because everyone's doing it. But there's no right or wrong way to structure your homeschool. So totally. you have to find a cadence that works well for your family. You know, it's okay to work and homeschool your children, especially in, in 2021 then when this is being recorded. I mean, my goodness, the employment opportunities, companies are so accepting of working from home, working mm -hmm. part-time in an office, part-time at home. Yeah. I mean, really the opportunities are endless. You just have to open your mind. That's the key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Two working parents, single parents yes. manage it because again, the scheduling of the academic stuff, it can be whenever. It doesn't have to be eight to three or whatever it is that right. when public school kids go, right? Right. It could be, you know, Saturday and Sunday and evenings. It doesn't really matter. Parents are not qualified to teach. <laughs> Myth. 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 Tina, you should probably tackle that one, seeing as it relates nicely to your, uh, your new book. Yes. <laughs> you have such the heart of a marketer. You are hilarious. <laughs> well, I mean, the first thing I think about is... 
well, kind of what I said before, why is it somehow honorable and great and whatever if I teach other people's children out in a building somewhere, but somehow weird and strange and I'm not qualified to teach my own? And Jenny, I've heard you say this and I've heard this before too. You know, if you attended public school from age five to 18, and you supposedly learned all this content, and then somebody's telling you you're not therefore qualified to teach that same content to your own child. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would you send your child to that system? Right. You know, if it failed in the in the first place, that never gets old. No, and we as parents are the ones who know our kids the best of all. When I was a classroom teacher, I tried to get to know students that I was blessed to teach, and that was a key priority for me: the relationships with the students and to engage the parents. Which I was a weirdo in my for that, but I thought it was important. There's no way that I ever could get close to knowing those children the way that their own parents Mm -hmm. did. Yes. That's right. So to say that some paid stranger can do it better for nine months of the year when they've met the child on September 1st and they suddenly can know that child well to educate them versus the child that I gave birth to. Yeah, that's true. And I think it all comes back to defining our terms. Parents are not qualified to teach. Define qualified. Right. What does that mean? Right. What does qualified mean? Well, at a public school, what you're saying is you think the teachers there are qualified to teach your children. And like Tina said, that's just not so. Who's qualified to teach my children? Me. That's who. There's another meme that goes around that says something about the fact that, you know, what are your certification or your qualifications to homeschool your child? It is the child's birth certificate. Yeah. Or maybe their adoption papers, you know, I mean, depending on the situation. That's true. Noah, were, were, were your parents qualified to educate? Oh, well, of course they were, because <laughs> no, like as a parent, you are your child's best teacher. It's just I I want we've talked about it at length on this podcast. It's just a natural relationship. And of course, yes. as a Christian, that's a God given relationship. But even if maybe you're listening and, you know, you're not a, a Christian, think about it. OK, a child is naturally, they stem from their parent who spends the most time with them. The child, in a way, is literally a part of, of their parent. So to send your child away to somebody else for eight hours a day, that just defies the laws of nature, really. Yeah, it really does. We could go on forever. <laughs> we could. We're, I'm gonna, let's go to this next one. Homeschoolers cannot get into college. Oh, gosh. This, this one, you know, all of these, by the way, guys, we, we hope that you, when you're listening right now, put a smile on your face because the, we're speaking truth. We have a lot of parents that come into the homeschool loft here where we do it locally, where we talk to homeschoolers, a parent resource center. And these questions, you're not the only one that think them. We have mm-hmm. parents ask these same questions to us every day. Well, mm-hmm. this college question is a big one. And it's a big one because mostly the parents have went to college. So they're looking long-term, as mm-hmm. we all should, mm-hmm. right? We like to look long-term. But the, this misconception that homeschoolers cannot get into college, where does this stem from? Got me. <laughs> I really don't know where it stems from, but what I can tell you is that it's simply not true. Now, okay, so I, I'm so passionate about this, and there's so many examples I could provide. So just for a little context, uh, I am a two-time college dropout, and that is... <laughs> That is purely on my own volition. Uh, It is not because I was not doing well academically. That is complete opposite. For the very short time I was enrolled in college, I was doing very well. I just decided that it wasn't really a good fit for my career goals. Anyway, not that is such a non-issue. So personally, 
I was considering attending the University of Wisconsin-Madison at one point in time. And a friend of mine who uh, works at, I think it's the Museum of Cultural History or some sort of museum or library in Norway. She's a historian and scholar. She's uh, formerly a instructor at Yale University. Her husband is the uh, former professor of medieval history at Yale. All that to say these people know what they're talking about. She placed me in touch with a colleague at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I told him, hey, look, you know, when it comes to academics, I don't have really good test scores. Oh, no, yeah, they're not even going to look at your test scores. You don't even need to uh, send them in because that was during 2020, and that's an increasing trend. They don't need your SAT. They don't need your ACT. And I said, you know, Todd, well, what about some of the other stuff? What about my GPA? What about this, that, and the third? He said, yeah, no, but what about, think about all of your experience, Noah. Think about all of the things that you've been doing. Think about the things that you did while you were a homeschooler, because remember, I was in business while I was a teenager. So, you know, I could get letters of recommendation and so forth. But for those who don't have those kinds of, of strings that they can pull, just a couple little examples in my life. I'll just go down a little rabbit to encourage parents listening. Maybe you're a mom listening, you know, sitting on the couch with a throw blanket, taking your mom in it. You're like, oh my goodness, my teenage son's or daughter's never going to make it into college. Rest assured, as somebody who's a very career-minded individual, I can assure you that is not the case. So another example, I took a year off upon graduating homeschool and he told me, my contact at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, he said, I can promise you, Noah, that your chances of getting accepted into this school will be better because you took a year off. Hmm. So that just goes to show you, while that statistic's not really about homeschooling, goes to show you that colleges want kids who are productive and functional Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're doing things. You know, your test scores and your numbers and your data doesn't really mean much. I can also tell you just in my own experience, and I know we'll get into career stuff, so I'll save some of that for later about the workforce, is I can't tell you how many people in my professional life have found out that I was homeschooled and they made an interesting comment about it. Yep. I was doing an interview uh, on one of my podcasts with a you know classical professor from Scotland, and he must have Googled me before the interview. He said, well, now, Noah, were you, um, were you home educated? I said, well, you know, Dr. Field, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I was. I was homeschooled. He said, oh, that's interesting. You know, I've, I've come across a few homeschoolers in my day, and <laughs> they always seem to be exceptionally bright. And I said, well, thank you, Nick. And, yeah. and other things, too. You know, there's yeah. people who... You know, I've had job interviews with, oh, I was homeschooled. You were homeschooled. It's like this, this connection. People see homeschoolers as different people who are willing to go against the grain. And that kind of drive that pushback against the status quo is very attractive to colleges and employers. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so it's not that homeschoolers can't go to college. Actually, they are actively recruited. That's exactly right. By nearly every college because their experiences are different. You know, if you're a college admissions person, you see how many thousands of applications. Who in colleges have their own homeschooling people, they, they departments. Do. Yeah. And, yep. yeah. But if you're just, you know, whatever, a college admissions thing, you see, oh, okay, this one. Okay. That's cool. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same because everything is so standardized yes. in conventional education. Right. But then you get the homeschool application. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, but what, what this kid created a podcast at 16. Right. What? You know, exactly. Uh, This girl was a stage manager at 15. What? You know, I mean, things like this in community theater, whatever it might be. So 
the fact that homeschooled kids are not stuck in a school building That's right. for eight hours a day following the assembly line. And they and can it, talk well and express yes, their and they, thoughts. But enables and, them to do so many different yeah. things that look interesting to recruitment officers. And I know this for a fact, it might have been on NARI, the National Home Education Research Institute. Brian Ray runs that. Um, yeah. And I've read some of his stuff. It's great stuff. Homeschooled kids, because colleges are all about, and this is so funny, but colleges are all about having a diverse population on their campuses, right? Right, right. Homeschoolers are considered part of a diverse population. So yeah. you actually get a foot up by saying that you were homeschooled by having a homeschool application. Okay, we can add to our diversity, which they're all about, right? Wow. Right. And how many people do we know, Mom and Tina, just in yeah. our sliver of the earth in Northeast Wisconsin here, homeschoolers who have gone on to do great college things. Mm. I mean, you know, Jake Young, you know, Ron Young, son, a oh, friend of ours. Right. Yes. He's at West Point, the oh, most yes. prestigious military academy in the world. Yes. I mean, think of every famous United States military general was a graduate of West Point and there's a homeschool graduate yeah. for you. And that's one of many that's examples. Great. of course. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and then, okay, this begs the other question. Why is college the only path we think about? Exactly. You know, homeschoolers yeah, have access to so many other paths, as do other kids, but other kids don't think about other paths. Mm -mm. We, you know, they're in the conventional school and they're told if you're not college material, you're dumb. Yeah. Right. So there's one good path and then there's everybody else and <laughs> you just struggle yeah. through. And homeschoolers, just by nature of what we can do, we can show our kids that however you're gifted, there's a path for you. Right. And it doesn't mean you're dumb if you don't choose four-year college. In fact, sometimes if you don't choose four-year college, that's a proof of intelligence. That's <laughs> exactly right. That is exactly right. Right. So college doesn't have to be the only path anyway. Oh. Here's a big one. Homeschooling my child will negatively impact their social development. Here we go again with the social question. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, this one is just is just ripe for, you know, different conversation pieces here. You're so awkward, Noah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I'm a little you awkward. You can't talk to anybody. You can't socialize. <laughs> I can't. It's just it's tough, you guys. <sighs> and we, we can know. spend, you know, hours and hours on this. But think about it like this. If you put your child in an institution, i.e. the public school system, where they are spending the majority of their time with a select group of people that are mostly close in age to them. They're not being exposed to different. I mean, you talk about diversity. There's no diversity with regard to socialization in the public school. They're not being exposed to people of, you know, different, you know, generations with different experiences and different, you know, cultural things. They're only ex exposed to whatever many hundreds of people are in their school and in their class. So if you take your kid out of the public school system and you homeschool them and you connect with other homeschoolers through co-ops, you, you know, sign your child up for different extracurriculars like sports, like music, you know, okay. find them mentorships, apprenticeships, internships, where they connect with people across different age categories, mm -hmm. exactly as myself and my sister did and Rachel, Tina's daughter and Abby, it just they will be very yeah. socialized. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I meet a homeschooling child. I was at a, I think I told this little pithy story on the podcast. I was at a homeschool conference in Jacksonville, Florida, and one of the speakers, uh, Heidi White of the Circe Institute, was kind enough to give me a shout out while she was on stage. She was talking about how I was doing history podcasts. And this mom and her beautiful eight-year-old boy came up to me afterwards 
And she said, oh, Noah, what's the name of your podcast? This is my son. He just loves history. That is all the mom said. I talked to that boy for at Mm. least 45 minutes. I felt like I was talking to a 45-year-old man. I remember when you came (laughs) over and said, Mom. So such a beautiful experience. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. I I have something to say about that, too. This whole socialization thing. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And um, really what the parent is saying is, I'm afraid my child's not going to have friends is really what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. afraid that somehow their child is going to be a loner and not have a friend, mm-hmm. not be in the popular group. Mm-hmm. So this all goes back to, again, I'm going to say, define your terms, define socialization. What does that mean? Are you afraid your child's not going to have friends, be a nerd, right? <laughs> or whatever you might call it. Listen, here's the thing. That's your issue. Okay. You're the one speaking life into your child, your atmosphere at your house will determine how your child is socialized as a homeschooler, your atmosphere. Are you speaking love, courage? Are you speaking of your child's strengths every day, reminding them of who they are? Listen, your child is going to shine bright. Your child will confidently walk into a room of thousands of people. I promise you that we have children who can do that. When you speak life into your children, that's called socialization. You are forming the ground. We could talk this to death, but (laughs) I'm telling you what, that is such a myth. You need to let go of it right now. And if you hear anybody say that to you from the left or the right, it's simply because they don't, they haven't researched or even understand homeschooling, which is why they have these. And you know what we, and we do have research, NARI, that National Home Education Research Institute and others have done research studies on kids who were homeschooled who are now adults. And I'm talking they're in their 30s and 40s now because the Mm -hmm. modern homeschool movement is not a new thing. And of course, homeschooling is as old as time, but even in the modern era. And now adults in their middle years who were homeschooled, when there were fewer opportunities than now, they're more socially engaged as adults. They're more well um, adjusted, you know, when you look at psychological measures and things like that. So it's such... It's such um, a it's myth such that we need myth. to bust once and for all. I don't know how we can do it, but. I feel like we need to have music in the background, like bust that myth or something. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know what? This is my favorite myth to bust. And particularly because it is near and dear to the Tetzner family heart. And this is the myth. And, and we talked to so many new parents, new to homeschooling, who really are looking for answers, resources, anything they can get their hands on. And so. You know, oftentimes I personally will suggest, have you ever been to a homeschool convention? Here's the myth. I can't go to a home. It just would be so overwhelming. It would just overwhelm me. I wouldn't be able to do it. I would be so overwhelmed. Listen, I I understand that. You might think it might be overwhelming, but I can assure you, our family, all four of us could assure you that everybody that is volunteering, working at the homeschool convention Everybody that goes to the homeschool convention behind the tables, they set up their booths. They are a homeschool family. They are there because they have a passion and a heart for homeschoolers. And so there, there's lots of curriculum sold at homeschooling conventions. They see moms and dads who are new to this homeschooling thing all the time. They have a way. It's part of their heart. It's part of their ministry to take you aside one-on-one and sit down and say, don't be overwhelmed. Right. Mm-hmm. Noah, what do you have to say about it? Because you've grown up going to. 
yeah. homeschooling conventions. Well, I grew up going to homeschool conventions. Typically, we would go to <laughs> at least one per year. Uh, the the great homeschool <laughs> convention in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's kind of the most famous, well known, and original homeschool conference. But of course, yeah. there are wherever you're tuning in from. Just search homeschool conventions in your area, and you might be able to find one in your state, if not an adjacent state. But Noah. On the Homeschool Resource Roadmap, I have a <laughs> list of homeschool conventions. There you go. <laughs> a dreamy list, there I you might go. add. It's under the rest stop tab um, from the homepage. You can find it there. So. Perfect. Well, listeners, <laughs> go do that after you listen to this episode. The thing with homeschool conventions is there's such a great opportunity to go into a place where you feel like you're not alone. Mm. When you're at home homeschooling your children, participating in your homeschool family, you know, God willing, you're connected to other homeschoolers through co-ops and, and groups and things like that. But still, with just all of the surrounding noise and anti-homeschooling rhetoric, mm-hmm. the public school system just being as powerful as it is, we as homeschoolers can feel a little bit, you know, like we're on, you know, the periphery, like we're a little like we're the odd ones out. Yeah. We're the weird ones. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're homeschoolers. That's kind of weird. But I'll tell you, if you go to a homeschool conference, you realize that the homeschooling movement is this universe. It's humongous. It's this community. And and they're not weird people. Like you go to a homeschool conference (laughs) and they're totally normal, (laughs) cool people, you know, that, you know, of course. And who cares if they were. Incredibly diverse. I mean, in every way, shape and form. Who cares if they wear denim skirts? That's another myth, you guys. Some of them do, but then you'll have the Mennonite homeschool families with their iPads. I'm not kidding you. That's true. And I like denim skirts. Okay, well, and I'm a hip chick. But here's the thing, you guys. I got rid of mine, but that was just you did. See, but <laughs> it's just this thing. I don't know what it is. Listen, I'm, you know what? I'm wearing, a yoga pants homeschool yeah, mom. I'm just, I love wearing dresses. They don't have to be denim. But anyway, there was a time where Madeline and Noah would literally count the denim from the we time were. we walked in. But they didn't, they didn't do it in a bad way, guys. They did it in a happy way. Because you loved the homeschool convention. Tell I us did. about our excitement throughout the oh, year, right? Goodness. We'd be excited well, going up to it. And, and, and if you have children... I, I can't think of a uh, more enjoyable place than a homeschool conference. Homeschool conferences are a great place for yeah. children. Yes. And they, they cater to kids. They cater to kids, but yes. not in a way where it's dumbed down and it's, mm. it's you know, not good information in a way that's enjoyable. So when I was a young boy, you know, we would go to the, the great homeschool conference in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. And of course, there's every major curriculum publisher there. And that's where my mom and dad usually hung out were those stands. But then also you have the creative, you know, homeschool companies that are making, you know, wooden swords and wooden <laughs> toy, you know, guns and things like that. That as a boy, I was just absolutely attracted to. I mean, like just, you know, there's this one company, it's called Brick Forge. I forget where they're that's based right. out of, but um, they're a company that has made you know, historically accurate Lego accessories Mm -hmm. that, you know, look exactly like Legos and are meant to be used with Legos. So basically, you know, you can make like these biblical warriors out of Legos. I mean, just cool stuff Uh, like for boys, but also girls. I mean, you know, all sorts of things that a girl Mm. would be interested in. Um, You know, I can't really speak to that, but books, (laughs) well, more than books, Books. you know. No, more than books. I'm just saying we're a book family. So for us, so that would be Noah and And my sister loves to read. Exactly. So she would have her pile of books. I mean, Mm -hmm. could we bring any more books home? (laughs) Luckily, we drove and didn't fly. Yes. But everything about it and just the kids looking forward to it every year and then Noah entering, you know, into adulthood and actually becoming part of the homeschool uh, world. 
work-wise and and things like that. But one thing I wanted to say is tell them about the roasted nuts. Oh, the roasted nuts. There are these (laughs) delectable roasted nuts, whereas it's like, it it sounds weird. He says it's so serious. But it's like, it's Uh, like a nut guy is nice. Everything about it's great. You guys, the homeschool convention is famous for their, you know, roasted pecans and almonds that are glazed in this, delicious cinnamon and sugar so you know concoction and you know how it is when you relate places to smells okay so we relate our family personally and if you love food like not to interrupt but it is literally like the chicago world's fair at the homeschool conference you go there and you get your yeah your big slurpee of lemonade and your jumbo beef hot dog guys it's just bad it is it's bad like remember the chicken nuggets meddling got literally uh yes i don't there was no chicken in there you guys but we like to pack our healthy homemade organic food that was back before we were Healthy They're eaters. Right. Okay. Any hoodles. That's enough about the homeschool convention. Myth debunked. People love helping you. Being overwhelmed is a choice. If you go in with a mindset mm-hmm. that there are people there to help you because they are there to help you. Uh-huh. And, and your kids will love it. And you'll want to go back every single year and you're just going to feel right at home. And, <laughs> and they're going to debunk some more myths once you get there. That's enough of that. All righty then. Extra, extracurricular activities are unavailable for homeschoolers. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Again, I go back to that. I printed out the list of all the activities just in the one homeschool group that I was involved in. It was like three mm-hmm. pages long. There was music. There was theater. There's a sports association. We weren't in sports, but there's a sports association with multiple sports. There's field trips. There's there's spring formal. There's, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. The, the possibilities are endless. And yeah. I always used to tell the people in the group, if you don't see something here that you want your kids to be a part of, put it together, do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's no limits. Anybody can do anything. Yeah. I mean, cause either you have an expertise or you know somebody who does. Exactly. Right. So years ago, my girls were in a community-based art program, um, kind of in their middle school and high school years. And that was also great. Prior to that, they wanted to learn some art. and so. One of their friend's moms, who was like, I'm not kidding you. She's a PhD in like art. She was, she was a professor before she became a mom. And so she began offering homeschool art classes, her home. There were about, I don't know, it all happened to be girls in this case, but you know, six or seven or eight girls sitting around learning how to draw uh, with Mrs. Delzer. And it was just phenomenal. And that was not my expertise, but there she was, she was in our group and she could offer it. And we all have something to offer. So good. Miss. You need to be wealthy to homeschool. So false. So false. So false. You do not need to be wealthy to homeschool. So uh, I don't really understand why somebody would, you know, have this belief. But let me just lay a few things out for you. So first and foremost, if you're concerned about the whole, you know, two income situation, like, you know, or my husband or my wife, you know, my, my spouse needs to work so that one of us can take off and homeschool the kids. So again, going back to what we talked about earlier, that's one way of doing it. If you have the opportunity to do that, that's great. If not, if you need to work part-time, if you and your spouse both need to work full-time, you can absolutely find a way to homeschool because that's the key piece, listeners. Homeschooling doesn't happen from eight until three. Mm, It happens at every single moment of every single day. That's what education is all about. Also, in terms of curriculum, and you should really check out the Homeschool Resource Roadmap, which, you know, there's just a whole database of just homeschooling curriculums, different ones to choose from at all different price points. But there's a lot of free resources out there there as well. 
If you never purchased, you know, a math book or curriculum in your entire life, this is the age of the internet. There are places, different, you know, online academies and websites that you can utilize. There are different, you know, free databases of different source material, you know, library, libraries, classic books are usually free via PDF on the internet. The library is a wonderful resource. The opportunities are so endless. Endless, You don't don't need money to homeschool. No, you just need a library card, a math book and a Bible. Bible. That's In a what, Bible. That's, that's what it. Carol Joy side yep. says, and you don't have to be overwhelmed by it. But and if you and if you could, you know, get yourself a pencil. You're in it. That might work. To win it. Not just a Ticonderoga, though. I mean, it could be a mechanical (laughs) pencil, too. I don't know. It's whatever you have. If you want a whittle one, you're good. But we also know single parents who homeschool. And so they are the only source of income, and they also are homeschooling. You can totally do it. It's, It's a matter of choosing, like you said before, right? You know, what is the priority? Is my time with my child, is my child's holistic education important, or is having the extra vacation because we can afford to go to Disney. That's right. The priority. Uh, What are your kids going to remember? The time that you were with them or getting scared of Mickey Mouse? Exactly. I mean, maybe they might might remember that, but they'll resent you for it. So I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right. This myth kind of goes with this other one. Homeschool is just recreating school at home. Let me take this back to you need to be wealthy to homeschool. If we can get it into our minds, and really, I think this is the first step, parents, you are not recreating school at home. That means if there's, let's say, just a mom who's chosen to homeschool her children, there's not the dad there at home. You don't have to look at this like it has to be eight hours a day from eight until three. Okay, that's critical for you to understand. You're not recreating school at home. That's not what you're doing. This is why we say Get yourself a library card. If you are really hurting for money and it's real tight at your house, do not be discouraged. You can still teach your children at home. Simply get yourself a library card. Can you imagine? I want you to picture this. I want you to picture yourself with a library card going to the library. Let's say you're in school and somebody says, you know what? We're taking you out of school get to learn whatever you want to learn. I'm going to give you a library card. You're going to go to the library, whatever interests you. You spend some time, you can check those books out and you can learn. And doesn't that sound delightful to you? Because you can, you can learn not only at the library, you can learn at the park. How do you learn at the park? Many ways. You can learn about nature, flowers. You can learn about how to get along with children on the playground. (laughs) You can learn about how your body functions as you're climbing up and down. I mean, that's physics. That's anatomy and physiology. There's so many ways to learn. You are not recreating school at your home. I wish I I know why the term is homeschooling because, yeah, I mean, semantics that it, that's yep. what it is. You can't really change that yes. because that became the word um, when it became popular again. I wish we could just stop using homeschool I because know. I think that's what makes parents think that it has uh-huh. to be like school. Yeah. It's really home education. And if you think about it in right. terms of what education does your child really need, forget about what the schools teach. It, it, that's as useful to us as what Pakistani goat herders need to learn, (laughs) right? What does your child need to learn to eventually launch into a productive adult life? It doesn't have to be about school. No, No. it doesn't. 
Have you ever heard this myth? Children with special needs cannot homeschool. They, they need to go to school to get the, the resources that they need. All the time. All tell, the time. Tell us about it. Kind of goes back to, you know, who's the one who knows that child best? The parent, right? And a special education teacher went to school and learned some things in general, but you as the parent know your child the best. And that school situation, because I'm, again, I, I spent nine years in the system. I saw it from the inside. It's very overwhelming for a lot of, for a lot of kids in general. But then yes. if you have a special need and you're really struggling. Oh my goodness. The system, okay, I taught kids who spoke English as their second language, and that was my job to help them master English so they could live in a predominantly English-speaking community, and, and I did my best with that. Well, some of those kids actually had learning disabilities as well, right? And you could see it because this boy, his name was Ku, for example, and he was born in the United States, and he was 12 years old and still struggling with reading. So he'd been in American schools that whole entire time and he couldn't do it. And so we'd talk to the special education teachers and we would say, you know, can you test Ku because we think he probably has dyslexia. This is his parents tell us it's an issue in Hmong as well. All of these different things. And what they said to me was, no, we, we don't deal with him. English is his second language. That's up to you. And they would not even test him. They wouldn't wow. help him. I was powerless. I didn't know those specific tools for dyslexia. So what could I do? But they pigeonholed this kid and he was stuck and he's far from the only one. There's just as much an assembly line for kids with special needs in the school system as there are for every other, every other child. So you, true. You can customize for your child at home. You may need to learn some specific things. You may need to improve your confidence in your own ability to know your child, but nobody else knows your child better than you is for sure truth. Noah, I think this, if you could bust this myth for us, homeschoolers grow up to be unemployable <laughs> adults. Oh, so false. No, how old are you now anyway? So right now, <laughs> as I'm recording this, I'm 20 years old. He's 20. And you don't do anything. You've never had Just a job a in slacker. your life. Right? Never. Yeah. I live in my parents' basement. Just play video games all day. Doritos. Play video games slacker. all day wrong. <laughs> no, far from it. Homeschoolers. And again, this is from my personal experience. Homeschoolers are some of the most employable people I've mm. ever met in my entire life. So first of all, okay, if you are a homeschooler, and again, I, I just can't get over the benefits attached to this, but if you are a homeschooler, you have the opportunity to pursue things that interest you and hone in your skills. So if you really enjoy doing something, and you can find an employer who offers you an opportunity to do that thing for a living, they're going to love you yeah. because you have more time to hone in your skill and learn a trade or, you know, educate yourself in some regard. And an employer will see that also from, I am not an employer, but from an employer's perspective, in my experience, they love homeschoolers for many reasons. Mm -hmm. A, they're unique. Yep. A, they're very driven people anecdotally. You know, they also have a lot of different passions and they're available a lot yes. of times, which homeschoolers yeah, love. That's a good one. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I, I know a lot of um, high schoolers who, you know, do and have worked in their high school years and they're putting in, you know, 40 hours a week. They don't always have to, you know, some of them put in less, mm -hmm. but they have the opportunity to make a full time living while they're in high school because they're homeschooled. Again, going back to some of my personal examples. I first kind of entered the business world when I was 
17 years old back in 2018. In that year, I started a podcast. It got super popular. I had sponsors on that podcast who were paying me, you know, a lot of money to sponsor the show. I was doing all sorts of things. The next year, my senior year of high school, even bigger opportunities. You know, I was featured in major media like the Independent UK, History.com, i.e. the History Channel. I was doing contract and freelance work for Homeschool Legal Defense Association. You know, just I mean, I, those are some homeschooling companies, other different, you know, SaaS companies and, and business, you know, technology companies while I was in high school as a homeschooler because my passion for digital marketing and podcasting, I got to hone in on that when I was a homeschooler and I got to then bring that to the workforce. And even right now, you know, I um, you know, I still freelance, but I'm working for a digital marketing agency. And, you know, my boss, who's in his 30s, you know, I just found out the other day, he's like, oh, yeah, I was actually a homeschool graduate, too. (laughs) I mean, there's always these little interesting things. And again, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten on Zoom meetings with different people. Oh, no, we were homeschooled, too. And, you know, this one guy's like this multimillionaire cryptocurrency person. (laughs) Like, it's just homeschoolers have such interesting paths and they are so employable. And here's the thing, listeners, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what your child's passion is, and you're like, well, Noah, that's great for you because you knew what your passion was, right? You knew you liked podcasting, so it was easier for you to find work. No, it wasn't easy. It wasn't always smooth sailing. Let me tell you that. My parents can attest to that. I had to put in the work. I had to think outside the box. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're overwhelmed because your child, you know, their passions aren't visible, first and foremost, get in touch with the homeschool loft. But second of all, you can call me personally, 920-857-6642 is my phone number. It's Holla. why I have it. And we can talk about uh, some different ways to, you know, find your child's passions so that they can enter the workforce, you know, in, so in a way good, that Noah. is is helpful yeah. for them. I remember when, when you did an article for the Old Schoolhouse the Magazine. The Old Schoolhouse right? Magazine. And that was I all did. about writing, I right? did. I did. And I wrote that uh, my senior year of high school. I did. Oh my gosh. I'll just tell that story. And I'm not trying to come across as self aggrandizing at all. I just really listeners, homeschool parents tuning in. This is proof that your child can succeed in the workforce while they're in high school. That's right. (laughs) Financial Mm -hmm. freedom does not have to occur after high school. So when I was a a senior in high school, I was homeschooling. Of course, I wrote an article for old schoolhouse magazine, the trade publication in the homeschooling industry. And the article was a personal anecdote, how I learned to love writing. And I basically told my story. It was a short article. I believe it was about 800 words, but it was just a short story about how I used to hate writing. (laughs) And then I learned to love writing because my mom catered, you know, basically our writing curriculum and education around topics like history that I was already interested in. Mm -hmm. And that, that piece right there, the fact that I wrote that article has helped me So much. What a portfolio piece. I think that was like the beginning because, you know, talk about being employable. The thing is, is Noah fell in love with writing and had, had we not kind of pushed him off to that little spot, you know, he found out through that he was kind of preaching to his own self. Really? (laughs) Wouldn't you say writing the article and, um, and since you've written a couple books and Mm -hmm. plethora of articles and magazines and Mm -hmm. crazy thing. And so employable. Yes. Tina, children that homeschool must meet the same standards as typically schooled children. The same standards. 
why would we want to lower our expectations to that level? Preach it. (laughs) Terminology, defining our terms. Okay. So we're in this whole culture of, you know, meeting the standard, meeting the standard. Let's look and see if the standard is worth meeting to begin Mm -hmm. with. And I, I feel so desperately sad for children who are stuck in institutional schooling. Whether I'm talking government school or the private schools that mimic those public yes. schools. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's child abuse. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's really strong. Mm-hmm. But it's true because I've been there. I've seen it. The whole idea that every child has to learn the same things at the same time in the same way. And that's what standards are. That's what standardized mm-hmm. testing is all about. That's mm-hmm. immoral. It is immoral. Every child on the face of the planet is a unique creation. Amen. It should never, ever be about comparing one child to another. And in fact, that's unbiblical. Okay. Mm -hmm. It should always be about helping a child to grow today in a way so that that he or she is a better child than she was the day before. And I'll stop you right there because this kind of runs then into this next myth, Mm. which matches about what you just said is homeschoolers need to take tests to prove they are, are learning. Absolutely not. I mean, we've talked about this how many times. If you can talk about something with another person, you can demonstrate that you know it. And standardized tests, they're a joke. They are. <laughs> they are a joke. You yeah. can get, uh, there's been research to this again as well. If you just randomly make a pattern, like the, all these bubble tests, the standardized tests are right. bubble tests, right? So if you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this pattern, I'm going to do... ACBD, ACBD, and not even answer any of the questions, you'll get something like, you know, in the 60th percentile, just by (laughs) making a pattern on your page. There is no actual relevance to standardized testing at all. At all. And you know what? Those who go on to do successful things in life are always the C students. Mm -hmm. I've often said, and there are people who shine in the public school system and the private school systems as well because they are bright. But more often than not, in my personal experience, those students who do really well in school are those who learn to play the game. Yep. And the reason why C students oftentimes are the most successful outside of school are because they realized, hey, you know what? I just have to get by because why break my back putting in all this time and effort to get a good grade that that grade doesn't really benefit my life in any way, shape or form. You know, no adults sit around ever. Think of this. Here's the thing, listeners. Do you sit around moms, dads with other moms and dads and discuss what math level you're currently on (laughs) or how well you can diagram a sentence? (laughs) Nobody does that. It's unheard of. It's not really real. Grades are for meat, not for children. And we need to stay there with that mindset because here's the thing. When we start putting people into these categories Mm -hmm. and defining who they are for them, this is what they'll rise to. And I I just did a video today that I put out. And um, I would say that when we know there are certain children out there who probably just are choosing to be F students, right? They're not putting in the work. They don't work hard. You know, like Noah was saying before yep. to go, go through the Sometimes things Sometimes it's did. because they realize it's a joke and they're not going to waste their time on yeah. it. And, and those, brilliant. And that is the those are the brilliant ones. Yes, yeah. those exactly. Are the ones. Yeah, yes. exactly. Well, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> See how brilliant not even you were kidding. proving it it's back then. It's so true. Because <laughs> you knew it was a waste of time. You yes. could see it. A waste of time. And not only that, but literally kind of believing that whole thing about myself, like Noah saying, like, why even bother this? You know, 
Why try? You're never going to get any higher than they put you at anyway. There's never anything you can do. Don't don't shoot for college because you're going to take the standardized test and fail it. Don't do this. I mean, so I mean, thankfully, I was not a great grade student, right? Thankfully, I was not a straight A student. Why? Because that saved my education. And and not to beat the career thing to death, but you know, a lot of you are listening and you might think, well, what about you know, what about college? My child needs a college degree to get a job. So studies have shown that that is fundamentally not true. You know, anecdotally, again, I've been in many job interviews. I've worked for many different people. And I have had that question asked of me countless times. Uh, What is your educational experience? To which I said, I don't have a college degree. Okay. And then the next question was about my actual work experience. And I could give them this laundry list of portfolio things I'd done while I was in high school as a homeschooler and the college question magically disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it? Because it's not tangible. It is. You'll never be able to hold on to that. It's not tangible. Grades are for meat, not children. <laughs> the only reason they're, they even put grades on anybody is because there's so many students in a huge building. They have to figure something out, right? And we could go into that. I'm going to stop before I say anything else, but (laughs) hey, we have two questions left, two myths, not questions, myths. And I'm going to ask you listeners, if you've heard this myth, my homeschooler is way advanced, much more advanced than the others. So I'm not quite sure where to place him or her because he is so advanced or my child is so behind. I just don't know where I would place her. She's just so behind. And I mean, with this pandemic thing, she hasn't really been listening to the teacher on the screen and she's been just kind of drawing and doodling. So she she has missed so much and she's so behind. That's a myth. I would say, what is your child behind? Behind what, Tina? The only behind in homeschooling is the one we sit on. <laughs> Amen. I like that. I I like that too. I mean, ahead, behind, advanced, behind. Again, that's comparing one child to another. That's unbiblical. That's immoral. Yes, it is. It's about saying, okay, I I know how or I am discovering how God designed my child. What am I doing today to help that child grow academically, spiritually, emotionally, everything, physically, everything? Who cares what the neighbor kid is like? Right. That neighbor kid isn't going to live my child's life. Oh, yeah. This comparison goes far into into adulthood. Then, right? Comparison is the thief of joy. Have you heard that before? Don't compare your children and don't compare yourself. There's only one of you on the planet Earth. You get to be you. Instill that into your kiddos because when you continually instill that into them, there's one of them. They are going to go places. There's just one. I love that. Here is the last myth: homeschoolers wear. They're PJs all day (laughs) because they're slackers. Bunch of slackers wearing their pajamas all day long. Well, sometimes we wear pajamas. I know I certainly (laughs) did, but I will tell you. So I have a full-time job and freelance clients on the side and I work from home. And I was talking to basically my boss and a coworker at my company. And we were just talking, having kind of like a virtual little hangout. We were just talking about how this whole working from home thing has exploded (laughs) over the last few years. And she said, 
you know, I, I know it's just great. I love working at home. It's like, you know, you get all dressed up on the top, but you can wear whatever, <laughs> yes. you know, for the Zoom call, but you can wear whatever kind of pants you want. And I oh, said, gosh. I know exactly me too. And my dad always makes fun of me because I'll go in the mirror to get ready in the morning and I'll have, you know, an Oxford button up shirt <laughs> and then some gym shorts. on underneath. <laughs> so that's just the way of the world, you know, working without pants as it were. But <laughs> looks like the homeschoolers won in the end. Oh, the homeschoolers the were ahead right? of their time. Yeah, I know right. that we're trendsetters. It's, it's not, you know, slackers. <laughs> we are. Hey, exactly. you know that you're in a good spot in life, that life is good when you go quote unquote school shopping and what you get the kiddos is all new pajamas. New pajamas. You know, I actually have heard some parents say homeschooling parents, you know, I make sure that my children get into their denim jumpers or whatever they're going to wear, you know, first thing every morning. And we have to do this routine and that helps my kids be more productive. And to that, I would say, okay, if you have a child that for whom, you know, he or she is wired that, okay, if they dress up, they're going to be more serious about whatever. God bless you. But that doesn't mean every single child, oh, you know, if that's exactly. what Johnny needs, but Susie actually is really productive in her pajamas. Let her <laughs> wear the pajamas. Just get her a new pair some sparkly dazzle <laughs> stuff. Exactly. You know? And when right? I was in my senior year of high school, you know, I was something of a fashionista, right, mom? When I was homeschooled, yes. I would wear, oh, you, you know, Ralph Lauren and all yeah. the brands and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah. then I, you know, found out, uh, you know, as sort of a, a wise old man, 20 year old, what really mattered in life and that, you know, clothes, gym don't, shorts, clothes don't matter. So. so when you had to start paying for it yourself, yeah. all of a sudden exactly. you're like, okay, I don't need Ralph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we. We know full well learning is separated from your clothing, guys. It really is, okay? (laughs) You can learn in a suit and you can learn in a pair of gym shorts. You have to be a willing learner. My girls learned in like princess dresses for like years. That's the way to do costumes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My kids too. No, wait, no, Noah didn't wear Yeah, princess. he didn't wear Noah okay. did wear a princess dress. <laughs> I did. Madeline did. But I did love The Wizard of Oz, and I yep. did oh, dress yes. up like different characters from The Wizard yep, of Oz. Yep, and pirate stuff. You always and wore pirates. the red pirate silky shirt that was probably like my mom's pajamas, or she got it from Goodwill or something. Right. Like yep. a pajama shirt, so yeah. And how phenomenal is that? Because, you know, does it lend to creativity and out-of-the-box thinking and things like, well, that's what we want of our kids, yes, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well... The root of many misconceptions about homeschooling is simply a lack of information about homeschooling. And I think today, guys, we we put to rest a lot of these. Did we debunk them all? We debunked them. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure there's more, but those are the biggies, right? Yeah. Someone will argue with us, but we're right. So. Right. Exactly. We're right. (laughs) Well, you heard it here first. We were right. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast today. Tonight, whenever you're listening, I hope that you know you are always, forever and always, the very best model, teacher, or your kiddos. You don't ever have to compare yourself to another parent. You don't ever have to compare your children to other children. You were called to homeschool your kiddos. You are the best, and you always will be.